1: Well, I wonder, uh, I wonder what it would be like if you could feel no pain. Isn't that a wonderful question on Mother's Day? Mothers who have endured so much pain on behalf of my mom watching today. I'm sorry, mom, for all the pain you've endured. But what if, come on, what if you could feel no pain? I was studying this week, and I came upon the story of one. Uh, her name is Ashlyn blocker. She lives in Patterson, Georgia, and there's probably no reason you've ever heard of her in her story, except Ashlyn was born with an extremely rare condition. She looks like an ordinary 13-year-old girl doing what 13-year-old girls do, but, but she has a condition called CIP, which stands for congenital insensitivity to pain. It's a very real thing. It's very rare, but here's the deal with Ashlyn she can feel no pain. And can I be honest as a parent? At first, that sounds amazing because we, we live most of our lives as parents trying to protect our kids from pain, don't we? <laughs> trying to guard them and shelter them. And I, I heard a joke. We don't tell our kids not to do dangerous things. We just put a helmet on them. So when they do dangerous things, they won't feel pain anyway. But, but that's what we do, right? We spend the majority of our lives trying to protect them from pain. And that sounds really cool. Except when you realize in Ashlyn's life, Provides a lot of challenges, like the time she broke her ankle and ran around on it for two days before anyone knew that it was broken. The time she stuck her hand in a pot of boiling water to retrieve a spoon that had fallen in, not realizing that she was completely damaging, blistering her hand. A baby who doesn't cry when she's hungry sounds like a dream to some moms, right? Except when the undetected ear infection develops into something far, far worse. You see, Ashland's life is a reminder that pain, in and of itself pain, isn't bad. In fact, pain is necessary. Now listen, hang with me for a minute. Pain is necessary. Why? We learn from pain. We pay attention to it. Often in your life, your pain has a purpose. It has a purpose. If I asked you, how many of you came in today? How many of you like pain? Nobody, nobody in their right mind would raise their hand. We'd be concerned if they did, right? That's crazy. But here's the truth. The truth, it's not pain in and of itself that we hate. It's pain without purpose. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. You may not feel like that's true, but I promise you, as you think about it more, it's not pain in and of itself that we despise. It's pain without purpose pain that we can't point to and identify some purpose that we can't learn from it. There's nothing we can gain from it. No wisdom, no purpose in it. The times in our lives that we suffer and we see no purpose, that's the hardest thing to endure. And I believe if you think back on your life and you reflect on that, you you would say, yeah, it's those moments of pain in my life where I didn't see a purpose, where I couldn't figure out a why in the midst of it. That's the hardest thing to endure. We are in a study on the book of Philippians. And Philippians is the perfect place to turn to to understand the idea of purpose in our pain. It's the perfect place because Paul, the guy who's writing Philippians, and you can, you can turn there with me in your copy of scripture, Paul knew a lot about pain. In fact, multiple times he almost dies because of his faithfulness to the gospel. So it's not just once, not twice, multiple times he literally almost loses his life. And he's writing these words of, as we've said, week after week from a prison. He knows pain. In fact, uh, in a separate place of scripture, Paul is reflecting on some of the suffering that he's endured, some of the pain that he's endured. This is, is some of the list. Uh, he was in, in prison countless times. We really can't even identify how many times. He was flogged at least five times that we know of. He was beaten with rods. He was pelted with stones. He was shipwrecked on three different occasions. He had gone hungry and been homeless multiple times. He feared for his life time and time Again, There were some shipwrecks involved in there. I mean, this guy knew suffering. This guy experienced pain in his life. And yet, as he writes these words that we're going to read in a minute from Philippians, we're, we're going we're to learn that, that Paul found a purpose even in his pain. Uh, our series is called Living the Jesus Life living the Jesus life and here's what we're learning that that in order to live the Jesus life we have to come face to face with this idea of suffering we have to if you're like me and you want to avoid pain at all costs that may seem like a good strategy but not according to God's word not according to living the Jesus life it's impossible to pursue the life that God has called us to and ignore ignore this problem of suffering and pain in our lives There's no fun way to address suffering. It's not a a fun Mother's Day message, is it? But but I believe today, if you'll you'll hang with me, God's Word has a lot to say to us and for us on this topic. So we're going to begin in verse 27 of Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to begin with two words. Two words. Look at it with me there. Verse 27, Philippians 1. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Now those two words... (laughs) Those two words provide some context, especially from somebody that's writing from prison, especially from somebody, Paul, that we know endures a lot of suffering in his life. Whatever happens. He's not even fully aware of all that happens or all that will happen. Paul's saying whatever happens, if it's good, if it's not, you can name anything. Anything falls in the category of whatever happens, right? So Paul's saying whatever happens. Keep going. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Uh, so, So what is Paul saying? Don't be frightened. Don't be afraid. You will face opposition this isn't going to be easy. This is what he's writing. And th- these are believers, faithful believers, who are experiencing oppression and persecution and resistance, right? He's saying you will face opposition. If you're hoping for a pain-free life, you're going to be disappointed. But don't be afraid. That's what he's writing, right? And let's continue now. This will be a sign to them that they will be destroyed and that you will be saved and that by God for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now here that I still have look back on verse 29 with me again for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him. It isn't enough simply to believe in Jesus. Living the Jesus life means that you will suffer at some point and and you are to suffer for him. It's as if Paul is speaking about suffering as a gift granted to us. This is a challenging word. (laughs) This is not how we would want to read scripture today. To see suffering as a gift granted to us, more like a curse, more like something at best that we just have to bear, right? But, but that's not the language that Paul uses here. But receiving this as something that God wants to use in our lives. Two things have been given to us according to Paul in Philippians 1, to believe in him and to suffer for him. There's a question uh, beneath this, and if you've been hanging out with us for very long, you know that I love questions. The people in my life hate my questions probably, but I just love, I think in terms of questions all the time. It's like I'm a little boy still. Um, But there's a question, and this question we think of all the time in our lives, but I think it is the question when we think about pain and suffering. As you reflect today on on the pain and disappointment and suffering in your life now, your suffering or pain in the past, there's a question that always rises to the surface, and that's the question of why? Why, God? Why, why is this happening? I, why? why? Why now? Why this? Why here? Why me? Or, or maybe the suffering in your life has to do with other people that you love. Why them? Why? That's a question that we become pretty familiar with. And I want to spend a few minutes unpacking that question because If you take God's word seriously, you have to deal with suffering. So I think we have to deal with that question of why. That question why really does speak to purpose, doesn't it? What is the purpose behind this pain? What is the purpose behind the suffering that I'm enduring? Why? It's really what it speaks to. We hate pain without purpose. Think about it. Childbirth is excruciating, but moms endure it in for the joy it brings, a, a, a new baby arrives, right? There's purpose in that pain. We cry when we send our kids to kindergarten. I think I've cried every year after kindergarten too, but we rejoice because our kids are growing up. We grieve when, when, when a loved one who loves Jesus passes away, but we, we celebrate that they're going home for eternity. There's purpose in that pain, isn't there? What we don't understand is pain without a purpose, where we can't clearly see a reason, where we can't clearly understand why, why. If I'm going to have to go through pain, I want to believe there's a reason, and I I think I'm not the only one in the room who feels that way. Here's the mistake we make. Some believers, because this is the question, why, right? And so some believers, in seeking to answer this question, make a huge, grave mistake. In trying to absolve God from any responsibility when it comes to suffering, that they'll say something like this, God has nothing to do with death and suffering. That death has kind of intruded into the creation of God. So all pain and illness are of the devil. That, that's what people would believe and that's what they would say in order to kind of justify or wrestle with this question of why. But here's why that's dangerous and unbiblical. Because we we make a mistake, and it's true, it is true to say that there is pain and heartache in this world. There is suffering in this world because of the presence of sin. That's absolutely true. But it's a mistake to say that God has nothing to do with suffering. And the reason it's a mistake is because if if you read your Bible, and you understand the experiences of those who have followed Christ, you'll see it's just not true. Look with me for just a minute on the screen, and if you have your U you version, uh, if your U you version Bible app, we have an event set up there, and, and a lot of extra scriptures to go through. Because I don't want you to just take my word for it today. But consider just a few other places in Scripture that speak to us about suffering. In First Peter five, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you into His eternal glory in Christ, will restore and confirm and strengthen and establish you. Romans 8 says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. James 1, church family, you know I love the book of James, right? James begins saying, count it joy when you face trials of various kinds. Count it joy when you suffer because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete not lacking anything. Philippians 3 later in this book that we're studying now Paul says this, that I may know Christ in the power of his resurrection that I may share in his sufferings so that I can become like him even in his death. First Peter 4 says, beloved, don't be surprised listen to these words, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. Church family listen to what God's word says don't be surprised don't be surprised by suffering. Can I be honest with you? I'm surprised all the time by suffering. Every time God why? wait a second God I thought you were good and I thought you loved me and I thought you were a good father and I thought you want what's best for me and so why I know that this is what God's word says but in my life I'm always surprised by suffering wait a second God where are you are you asleep up there are you paying attention I thought you loved me that question of why time and time again comes to the surface because I'm surprised by suffering but God's word if we take his word seriously says don't be surprised by suffering listen listen God, our God is the Lord of life and the Lord of death. He's the Lord of joy and the Lord of pain. He's the Lord of healing and the Lord of suffering. And here's the good news in that. Here's the good news. To to paraphrase uh, R.C. Sproul, the good news is if that's true, if our God is the God of life and the God of death, if he's Lord over joy and over pain, the good news in that is... That no pain in our life can be without purpose. If he is sovereign enough to be Lord over all things, then the good news for us is there is no such thing as pain in your life that he cannot have a purpose in. I'm going to say that again because I promise you that is not easy for me to say and I know it's not easy to believe. But if it's true that he is Lord over all, and that means there is no suffering there is no pain in our life that he cannot use for his purpose someone asked uh, C.S. Lewis this question why why do the righteous suffer why do the righteous suffer they asked him why not he replied they're the only ones who can take it, it may not seem funny to you at the moment I want to look at three reasons and, and again I'm not I'm not going to try to answer the ultimate why question in each of your circumstances but I want to just talk biblically three there are three reasons in our lives really why we suffer three reasons we can see biblically in, in our lives the first is the consequences of our actions some of us today are suffering and we're suffering because of decisions we made the easiest one for me to identify is financial choice right I, I made a choice I made a decision wasn't a good decision and now I'm suffering a little bit because of it there's some consequence some natural consequences look look god loves us enough to give us free will and, and he loves us enough to allow us to make choices and sometimes our choices have co- always our choices have consequences hello but sometimes our choices have consequences that we don't like and it brings about some suffering in our lives right but here's the good news The good news is that God offers forgiveness for sin. He offers hope and healing when we are experiencing suffering from destructive decisions, when there's consequences from mistakes or or wrong choices that we've made, right? Here's the good news. Our God can take the worst mistakes. Our God can take the worst mistakes of your life, whatever they are, and he can work through that suffering. Whatever that mistake is, I don't know what it is. And you may say, well, you don't know mine. Sure, I don't. But whatever it is, the worst mistake, the biggest regret, whatever suffering that you're experiencing in your life, God can work through that and provide purpose even in in that regret. So so number one, one of the reasons we suffer is because of consequences from our actions, our decisions. Number two, it's probably obvious. We suffer because of the consequences of others' actions, right? I don't have to tell you this. You've, You've experienced that. Choices other people have made have hurt you, have impacted you. Some of you in this room, you've been hurt. You've been lied to. You've been betrayed. You felt abandoned. I don't know what it is for you, but many of us, all of us, have experienced suffering because of other people's choices. And again, we have a God who allows us to have free will. And so there are people in our lives, their free will and their free choice has caused suffering for us. And that's hard. Really hard. And just like we face the consequences of our actions, sometimes we face the consequences of others' actions as well, and we suffer. Here's the good news, though. One of the names for God throughout Scripture is Redeemer. Redeemer. So the good news is, no matter what suffering you're facing today because of other people's decisions... Our God is the Redeemer. He can take whatever that destructive, terrible, hurtful thing is that somebody's done to you. And he can redeem it somehow for his glory. I don't know, I'm not God. I can't do that. But, but he can. And there's people all around you today. There's people watching online who can testify even in the hurt and suffering from somebody else in my life. God redeemed that. God used that as only he can. I was reminded of Joseph, right? Joe, I'm not going to summarize the whole story. You should go back in your Old Testament and read. Not Joseph, the father of Jesus. Joseph and all the brothers, you know. He, he says this in the midst of suffering, being sold into slavery, being left for dead by his brothers. He, he says this. It's a powerful truth in the Old Testament. He, he says to his brothers many years later, he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. That the suffering that you have caused me, you intended to destroy me, but wow, God, God's the redeemer. And he used even the most broken, destructive decision, the most hurtful thing you could ever do to me. God used that as only He can. Number three, one, the reasons we suffer, sometimes we suffer because we need to grow. We need to grow. Athletes, I'm not an athlete, but athletes, you understand this, right? There is no, there's no growth without pain. There has to be resistance in order to grow. If you want to get faster, you've got to work at it. If you want to get better, you've got to work at it. You've got to grow. That pain, that temporary pain, the short-term pain, leads to growth, right? Getting faster, stronger, better. We understand that. Some of us, it's the only reason we would ever exercise or do anything because we're believing, this is somehow going to make me sure, right? We believe that. In our physical world, but somehow in our spiritual world, we lose sight of that. That sometimes the Lord will allow suffering in our lives because he needs us to grow. I, I, don't, I don't always trust the Lord like I should, but I know there's times in my life where God will allow things to happen. And I want to know what the next five steps are, but God's like, I need you to learn, son, to trust me. If I gave you all five steps, you wouldn't have to trust me. If, you, if I gave you all five steps, then you would try to be Lord of your life. But I want you to trust me as Lord. And so I'm, I'm not going to let you see that yet, son. Because I'm going to grow you. I'm going to grow you through this. And so there are times in our lives. It's what James 1 says, right? We, we can consider it joy because we know. We know that God is working in our suffering to make us mature and complete. Don't be surprised by suffering. Paul says, receive it somehow as a gift. Only only through the Holy Spirit can we do that, but receive it as a gift that God can use. Look, suffering isn't easy, is it? And I'd be lying if I suggested otherwise, and I am not at all suggesting we seek out suffering. I've heard it prayed many times. Lord, please, please guard me from any unnecessary suffering, right? I think that's an okay prayer to pray. But when I look back on my life, If I were to look at a timeline of my life, and I were to look at the most impactful moments on this timeline of my life, there's some great, beautiful things there, but I'm here to tell you if I were to make a list of the top 10 most impactful moments of my life, many of those, nearly all of those, coincide with suffering. Almost all of the most impactful moments of my life are directly tied to suffering. How is that possible? Somehow, in that suffering, God shaped me in a powerful, powerful way. I want to show you a picture on the screen. Uh, bear with me. It's actually a picture of a picture. But this is a picture a, a, a picture from 1988, November of 1988. Um, I was five years old at the time. And uh, this is uh, a picture of, of an automobile accident. Um, my grandparents, Charles and Mary Thompson... Uh, resided in Richmond, Virginia, were traveling home. They were about five miles from their home coming home on Chippingham Highway. Going 55 miles per hour, a, a drunk driver crossed the median and hit them head on at such an impact that they were rear-ended and their car was completely sandwiched between two vehicles. It's really difficult to see in the picture there, but the two men there in, in, in black pants, the responders, uh, between them you can see a little sliver of, of light blue, that's my grandfather's arm, and just above the head of, of the gentleman in dark blue, there's, there's some brown hair. That's, that's my grandmother's hair. They're there sandwiched in this vehicle. My grandmother's legs were crushed. She was unable to move, and my grandfather hit the dashboard with such force that he was immediately left unconscious and unresponsive. Uh, first responders that arrived on the scene uh, believed that there would be no way there could be any survivors, the prognosis was bleak I've never witnessed in my life such suffering but in their lives God began to do miracles not just one miracle but many many miracles my earliest memories again as a five-year-old was of of not just of my faith but of my life uh, in seeing God do miracles and as a five-year-old boy I just began to see God do incredible things even in the midst of suffering. And I didn't realize as a five-year-old that that's not normal. I didn't realize that not every five-year-old gets an opportunity. But here I am, a little five-year-old boy, experiencing and witnessing my grandparents go through excruciating suffering and yet seeing God do amazing, amazing things. I was thinking about people in my life who suffer well. Maybe there's people like that in your life. The way that they suffer, you just admire it. The way that they, the courage they display, the steadfastness they display, even in the face of suffering, it's just, it's remarkable. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about my grandparents. I was thinking about the suffering they experienced, but I was also thinking about the impact it had on me watching them suffer. My grandfather, uh, at the time of this picture, he was, he was a pastor in the Church of the Nazarene. He was actually the district superintendent, which is just a fancy word for meaning. He was in charge of about 70 different churches in, in the state of Virginia, in, within our denomination. And, and, and just a few days earlier, at a church that's located about three miles from this accident, my grandfather was preaching, uh, and, and he said these words. He, he said, he prayed, Lord... Do whatever you have to do to get churches in the state of Virginia praying. He prayed that. He prayed that in the church three miles away, just a week before this accident. Lord, do whatever you have to do to get churches in Virginia on their knees praying. In response to this moment, incredible suffering, almost certain death, people began, people began to pray. People began to pray. My grandfather, after months in a coma, lived. I remember because uh, my birthday, my six-year-old birthday, we got to celebrate in the hospital. And uh, we made a decision not to open up any Christmas presents until he got to come home. And so it was late March in Richmond when we finally got to open Christmas presents and it snowed, which any snow in late March in Richmond is a miracle. But I remember that day very well. And while uh, he went on to live a, a very fruitful life, 25 years of ministry, he was still suffering. He was still suffering. Later in his life, uh, he suffered from a rare form of dementia. And doctors actually believe it was caused by a traumatic brain injury likely experienced in this accident. Many years later, as this dementia began to take over his his, his body, his journey was painful. Many who have walked with others experiencing dementia know that. Uh, Ten years ago, this year, ten years ago, he passed away. After living a fruitful life, he ministered to a lot of people and he impacted many lives. But the final years of his life were hard. A lot of suffering. The next picture is of my grandma, Mary Thompson. She's beautiful. (laughs) Following the accident, my grandma was told she would never walk again and miracle after miracle, the Lord began to work. And she's still walking around today. She's still alive. My only living grandparent, but... To see her smile there, you wouldn't begin to understand the suffering that she's experienced in her life. I'm not kidding when I say that she has had over 20 major operations in her life. Over 20. She has survived cancer twice and is now in the midst of chemo treatments for a third battle with cancer. And there are so many amazing things that she's uh, experienced in her life, but she has suffered and suffered a lot. I asked her about this recently with all that she's been through. And she just said to me, almost matter-of-factly, she said, Jesus has been with me every step of the way. On our hardest days of suffering, he was carrying her. Because we know that the Lord is with us in our suffering, because we know that no matter the pain we experience, he can use it for his purpose. Today, I want you to gather around with me uh, this statement, this idea, and I'll have it on the screen. I believe that God does more work through pain than any other experience in our life. I really wish that wasn't true because <laughs> I, I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. I'm certainly not asking for any more of it, Lord, but I'm just here to tell you as I look at my life and I look at the people, the heroes of my life, it's clear that God does more work through our pain and our suffering. When when we surrender it to him, when we can trust him with it, when we can, even when we don't always understand the why, we can believe that he's with us in the midst of it, God can do more work through our pain than any other experience in our life. I believe that's true. Even if we don't want it to be. (laughs) I believe it's true. Paul wrote these words, the same author of Philippians wrote these words later uh, to, to a church in Rome. He said this, not only so, but we glory in our sufferings. Because we know suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you believe that today? That God is with you right now today? Do you believe that God is with you in your suffering? Maybe you don't. I'm praying for you today. I want you to know that he is. Do do you believe in your suffering? God can produce something through that. Do you believe that he can? Not just that he can, he will. On the other side of the suffering, God is going to do something in you, through you, This morning, um, I want to speak to those of you in the room that are suffering. And the band's going to come. They're going to help us get in place in just a minute. We're going to spend some time praying and asking the Holy Spirit to come be near to us. But I just know in a room this size, uh, some of us today are suffering. Some of you, I know your story, and I know a little bit of your suffering. Others, I don't. So I'm just going to acknowledge that today. But whether I know or not, you know today. Some of us in the room today are suffering. If you're suffering, uh, this message today doesn't, doesn't make your suffering any less painful. In fact, maybe, uh, unintentionally, maybe the message this morning has been painful for you because it's brought some of that suffering to the surface. Some of those emotions that maybe you were just hoping to not have to deal with today have come to the surface, and I promise it's, it's not been intentional today to cause you more pain. If you're suffering now, it's real and it's painful. And the message today is not to ignore that and not to pretend like everything's okay when it's not. So today, if you're in pain and if you're in suffering, I want you to know I I see you. God sees you right where you are. This is not a message that just says, smile and pretend like everything's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry today for the hurt that you're enduring. But here's two things I want you to know today two promises that we can take from God's word today. Promise number one, the God of all comfort is with you today. You may not feel like he is, but he is with you right now, and he longs to hold you in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your unknown, in the midst of the why, 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 why. he desires that you would come and be close to him. That he could hold you in the midst of your pain. He could hold you in the midst of your uncertainty. That you are not alone. Listen to me. You are not alone in your suffering today. That's the biggest lie that the enemy will scream in your ear. And it's not true. Today, he is with you even in your suffering. And the second thing I want you to know is that in your suffering, God will work for the good. That's what God's word says. It says he works for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. That means when you are and I are in right relationship with our heavenly father, we can trust that he will work for the good in our suffering when we don't understand the why. When we have way more questions than answers, we can trust that we are not alone and we can trust that he will work for good in our lives, for good in us. He is the redeemer and he will redeem whatever brokenness that you're facing today. That God does more work through our pain than any other experience in our life. It's true. Today, you can trust that even even when you're suffering. This morning, I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads right where you are. I believe that this is a moment uh, where some of us just need to pray, and we need to be still, and we need to ask the Lord's presence to come and be near to us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to be close to us because we're hurting Or we're confused or we're suffering. So if that's you today, while the band sings this song, I just want to invite you to cry out to the Lord. Two of the lyrics of the song that they're about to sing that stood out to me. uh, It says this, I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you when the mountain's in my way. Sometimes it's easy to praise him on the mountain. It's a lot harder to praise Him when the mountain is in our way, when we're in the valley, when there's the thing in front of us that we just can't get through. And so if that's you today, I'm going to pray now. And as the band sings, I want you to just invite the Lord to be near. If you feel like He's not with you, ask Him right now to come be present in the midst of your suffering. If you're wrestling with that question of why, ask Him to come and bring peace and healing and hope. Ask Him to be the Redeemer even in the midst of the suffering that you're facing today. But I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you today. If you are in the midst of suffering, join me in this prayer right now. Father, we need you. And we need your help. And we need your hope. Because some of us in this room feel hopeless. And some of us in this room, it feels like too much. We're not enough as we just sang, Lord, unless you come. So we're praying and we're asking and we're seeking the help of your Holy Spirit to come now and be present within us. Breathe your life within us. Bring peace and hope as we're crying out to you right now. We know that you hear us and we know that you see us right where we are. So we refuse to believe that we're alone. But instead, we believe that you're a good father, that you're walking with us. And while, while we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear because you're with us, Lord. So we thank you. We spend these few minutes now just being quiet before you, crying out to you. We know that you hear us, so come be near. We pray in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cot.com naz.org for any questions about our church when you're done listening today please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes